Hello, and this is Films for the Very First Time. Just wanting to intro the episode here as you're about to hear some very bad singing for about 15 to 20 seconds for our theme song, which is a parody of Feels Like the First Time by Foreigner. So uh, if you don't want to hear bad singing, just skip the 30 seconds button uh, and you'll be introduced to the episode proper. If you're open to hearing my terrible singing, uh, just keep listening. Films for the first time. Films for the very first time. Films for the first time. Films for the very first time. Hello and welcome to Films for the Very First Time. My name is Jordan and with me, as always, is Casey McGeorge. How are you today, Casey? Oh, how's it going, everybody? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, our first of the the bi-week, well, Suicide Squad was the first of the bi-weekly, but our, our first time uh, really diving into how like how far these episodes are going to stretch now. Like we were doing the math since we're so far ahead. Like some of these are going to be premiering like a month later, so uh pretty wild pretty wild yeah so just a reminder to everybody too uh when we when we we talk about the these films and tv shows and things at the time we record these these are the streaming services that they're on um unfortunately we all know streaming changes pretty quickly yeah so stuff can pop on and off for uh at any given moment in time. So um, hopefully, you know, with everything that we pick as we start going forward, these things are on the same streaming services, but they can change pretty quick. Like, And usually I'll double check um, when I post the episode. So make sure you look in the description as well, because um, I usually, you know, before I post, we'll, we'll make sure they're in the same spot. But yeah, it, it's a quite the time of the world right now, which, you know, it's nice that you can just easily watch them on, on your TV, but sometimes it's so hard to find, uh, some of these movies that you think are like classics. Yeah. So, yeah, we were just talking about one we're looking at doing and it's, it's at this point, it's not available to stream, but you know, unless you go for some weird, obscure yeah. streaming service. But... Yeah. As well, you think some of these would pop up on like the tubies and the, you know, where it's, um, the, the free ones with the ads. Like, I feel like some of these movies would end up there at some point, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, that, or I don't know. Just they, they, I, that, that's why I'm, I'm really getting back big into my physical collection. Yeah. Just, just because of that stuff. Same. Yeah. I usually end up buying the movies. I like the most, you know, even though I know that they'll most of the time be available for streaming. It's nice to be able to know for sure. And then I don't have to worry about buffering or any, you know, bad quality and stuff. So, Well, you can still get bad quality depending on the disc and the transfer. Yeah, yeah. Especially like, uh, I got Weird Science in on disc yesterday. And it's, it's, it's through like a, I don't know, it, it's hard to explain. It's not. I don't know if someone different owns the rights, but it's through like a third 
third-party company that actually made the disc. Really? Was it like Shout? Shout like buys so many of these uh, <laughs> rights to put out there. I, I it, it's I, I can let me see if I can look it up real quick because it's the 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 whole uh, when I was looking at it, it 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 was just weird. Um, I haven't watched it yet. I'm probably gonna pop it in at some point here soon. Um, not that one. Okay. It's a special edition for Weird Science, but it's, uh. Oh, I see. Arrow. Uh, you can still buy it on Is it VHS Arrow Video? Tape. Yeah, Arrow Media. Yeah, you can still buy it on VHS tape on, <laughs> on Amazon. That's weird, but okay. Sure, why not? Yeah, Arrow Video. I don't know anything about them. Wow. Yeah, let's uh, look those up, huh? They're cult classic, uh, Cult classic movies, horror yeah. movies. I'm, I might have to, I might have to start looking at some of some more of their stuff. I don't know. But yeah, UHDs two for sixty. Yeah, you get editions. a lot of companies uh, like this now too. That all uh, like this and shout and stuff that uh, makes it a big thing to try to get rights to some cult classic stuff that can you know make money if they're limited edition or whatever. So. Flash Gordon, Waterworld, Donnie Darko. These are the two for sixty UHD deals. Interesting. Wow. Flatliners, Pitch Black. I'm I Robocop. Wow, the original Robocop. Okay, I might have to start going through <laughs> some of their stuff. Right. Yeah. Wild things. This is a uh, limited editions, Tremors Two. Last House on the Left from two thousand nine. True romance. Yeah. Wow. All right. So, uh, what what movie are we talking about this week? All right. So we are gonna go to two thousand and five. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think this movie would have hit a lot of people's consciousness, or it, like came into their realm if it wasn't for the controversy that came after that we found out about afterwards. We're going to talk about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Did you try something new? Mm-hmm. Mmm. How is Atlanta? Had a few problems ourselves. Some figures didn't add up. Uh, starring Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Now, the controversy is that at the time, Brad Pitt was married to Jennifer Aniston. Uh, not long after the movie was shot, there were rumors that there was a connection and there was an affair that was had between him and Angelina Jolie on set. Um, wild speculation and rumors, I don't know. Eventually, they did end up together, and they were married for quite a while. And uh, I will say, after like that, that kind of piqued my interest. Like the the premise of the movie and the concept of the movie piqued my interest in the first place. I thought, yeah, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Add the controversy, and then when word started coming out, like, oh, you can see the chemistry between the two in the movie. I was like, 
okay, you got me hooked. Let me let me see this. And then when I watched it, that's when I was like, oh, oh, I, there might have been something to some of those rooms. I don't know. That's funny. But, Not uh, to give Mr. too much Mrs. away here, but uh, I guess with all that hype of it, I, I didn't see that much. Uh, like, it, it wasn't as chem- – they didn't have as much chemistry as I thought they would have after hearing all this. I don't know. We, we might have looked at it in a different way. But, oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. So, Mr. and Mrs. Smith released June 10th of 2005. A budget of $110 million with a box office of 487.3. Directed by Doug Lyman. Doug Lehman. Uh, who did Swingers, The Born Identity, Go, Jumper, Edge of Tomorrow, and American Maid. Written by Simon Kinberg. Starring, uh, as we just said, Brad Pitt as uh, John Smith. Angelina Jolie as Jane Smith. Vince Vaughn as Eddie, a co-worker slash best friend of John. Kerry Washington as a co-worker of Jasmine. Uh, as Jasmine, a co-worker of Jane, rather. And then Adam Brody as Benjamin yeah. Dan. Surprise, I didn't realize Adam Brody was going to be on this. I don't know. I, I don't know who he is. I don't know if I've seen him. He's in, in the OC. Uh, uh, that's where I knew him from, and he was also in uh, a couple episodes of Smallville, and he was in, I believe, Chuck as well, the the NBC show. Never watched any of those shows. Although I heard Chuck, Chuck was, was really, good. really good. Yeah, and 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 the crowd really got behind it and saved it once yeah, or twice. Thanks so. to Subway. Yeah. But who who knew? Who knew? Um, alright, so Mr. and Mrs. Smith. A bored married couple is surprised to learn that they are both assassins hired by competing agencies to kill each other. So, 2005. Uh, I was in my second deployment to Iraq out of first, out of, uh, Fort Irwin in, here in California. Uh, I saw this movie after I got back. Um, and uh it was weird i was going through some marriage issues myself so like the little therapy spot in the beginning which we'll talk about kind of got me for a second uh as i was watching the movie the first time but um like i said i heard about the controversy and everything that kind of went around with around it you know being in a pop culture bubble and 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 being inundated with stuff like that you kind of Sometimes you pay attention to those things and you can let them go, but sometimes they, every now and then some of those nuggets will pique your interest. And next thing you know, you're kind of following along. Um, where were you in 2005, Jordan? What stopped you from ever seeing this movie? So I was um, f- turning 14. Um, I was leaving eighth grade and about to go into ninth grade that summer. So I was getting ready to go into high school. Um, I remember seeing trailers for this, though. I do. And it shocked me that this was a 2005 movie because it felt more recent than that. Just from, I remember the trailers vividly. Um, it holds up pretty well. Like, the, yeah, the movie like, itself. Yeah, you can't really tell it's 2005 well. until, like, they're sometimes whipping out cell phones that are flip phones and stuff. But, yeah. 
some of the yeah. like, some of the technology, which is either way too advanced or way behind what we yeah. have now. So that's where I was. Uh, what PG thirteen movie wasn't really on my radar. I'm not a big Brad Pitt fan. I'm not a big Angelina Jolie fan. So this movie wasn't really on my radar. I knew Brad Pitt as mainly Jennifer Aniston's husband because I was a huge Friends fan. So I know he guest starred in an episode as well. Um. Yeah, he was the president of like. We yes, yes, he was. Yeah, nice uh, which is funny, but now probably the truth. Um, <laughs> Not so much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's where I was. I remember the trailers vividly, but I, I, I don't. I then I do, of course, remember the controversy of the the Brad Pitt Angelina Jolie break, you know, relationship and breakup with Jennifer Anderson and all that. So, um especially that my grandmother and stuff loved watching those like ET and uh, you know, entertainment tonight and all those type of things. Access Hollywood. Access Hollywood that, like if like I was that. over her house at like 7 PM at all, like I of course heard all of this stuff. So that was, uh, that's probably that along with the trailers, the things I, I, I remember the most about, this movie i knew the plot like from the trailers obviously that like these are two yeah you know and, and I, I then i saw started seeing the previews for the show uh, that i do want to check out but um yeah so that's that's the most i knew of this stuff look so before we get to the movie uh, i haven't watched the show yet but it is getting apparently it is getting phenomenal reviews um from everything i've seen and uh I mean, it's got Donald Glover in it, so, like, that piqued my interest a little bit. Like, Donald Glover is a mystery, like, in an action movie? Like, I, I, I might be willing to check that out just to see. I don't think of him as an action guy, but, um, in all fairness, I don't think anybody thought of Keanu Reeves as an action dude before, like, uh, what, what's the, what's the last re- John Wick movies there? Yeah, Matrix. Right? But, okay, so there was the Matrix, but then there was, like, what, a 15-year break? Yeah. Between like the Matrix and Keanu John will Wick, always be we was uh, Ted to me from Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah, like, like and I and I get that. And, you know, sometimes it's because people will hold on to older stuff like that. But sometimes you just look at people you can't really see him as an action star. Like, okay, another one, uh, Denzel Washington when he did uh, the Equalizer. Like, I never really could have thought of seeing like Denzel Washington beat people up, but then. Seeing old man Denzel Washington beat a bunch of people up, like I'm, I'm here for that. Now, partially, I'm 45, so I'm getting up there in age. So the idea of beating a bunch of people up at his age is always cool. But then you see someone like Denzel doing it, and you're like, eh, I'll buy that for a minute. So I definitely want to check out the actual TV yeah. show too. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's, that's where um, I was 14 years old. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say this before we start, right? I Angelina Jolie is a very attractive one, right? And and it's like it is whatever. But I don't know what happened recently. But I, I'm gonna try and keep everything to a decent level because after watching it again today, I like I, I think there was a thing for her before, and then I lost it because I had she hasn't acted in a while. She hasn't done a lot of things in a while. Um, I think she's talking about moving to Africa and trying to do some more humanitarian work, which that's what she wants to do. Um, hey, go for it. Well, they had a nasty um, split up too, but she, she, her, so that'll probably 
Yeah. <laughs> not only that, but um, I mean, she she was like a UN ambassador for kids or something. So I mean, she's done a ton of humanitarian work as well. So um, if that's what makes her happy overall, she she's got an Academy Award from I think Girl Interrupted, uh, for the best supporting actress I think. So she's always done great work, but just uh, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and keep my love for Angelina Jolie. I'm trying to push that down <laughs> as we're going through this movie. Just gonna might come out. That's all I'm saying. Um. All right, so uh, we start in the therapist's office, right? Um, as we, I gotta admit, I love the intro. There's no. It's not very flashy for this one, right? It's not, you just, it, it's just basic. You get the gist right off the bat. Two people, a couple in a therapist's office and they're having issues in their marriage. Um, and, and you get some funny parts right off the bat of like, you know, well, when did you guys meet? Uh, about five years ago. It was six, five or six years ago, right? Obviously playing on the trope that guys don't keep track of stuff and, and, you know, um, women are better stuff like that, which uh, which is incorrect. It, uh, okay, so I, I'll, I'll I did have an issue with this because uh, it's very stereotypical, and I can actually tell you, uh, I recognized my so my wife and I met at a at a blind date, and uh, we had an awkward first date, um. But when I left that date, I called my friend Bree and I said, do you have a friend named Joy? Was she at your birthday party last year? Graduation party last year, whatever it was. And she was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, all right, I knew I saw this girl before. She was at your graduation party. I had met her then. Joy does not really remember that at all. So I actually remember meeting my wife for first a year before, uh, I was, she called me the, she now remembers me because I jogged her memory with it, but like she remembers me as being like this awkward kid at this graduation party. Um, Did you guys actually meet and interact or were you guys just at the same party? We were at the same party, party, but there was like games going on. So we did interact throughout the games, but like, I don't know if we, I, I, I don't remember if they were like, Hey, this is Jordan. This is joy or anything, but yeah. Yeah, was there like any one-on-one interaction or anything between uh, the two? Not like one-on-one, no. So I can rem- I I understand why she doesn't remember me, but I have a really good memory, so I was able to remember that. Um, so I always tease her uh, about that at how we actually met like a year before we had actually met. <laughs> Take that, Brad Pitt. But. Eh. It happens, uh, you know, d- depending on the situation. Um, and then we, I, I love the, 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 the words that come up on the screen. We get a flashback to Columbia. They, they both acknowledge they met in Columbia, right? In Bogota. Yeah. Five or six years ago and on the get, screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five or six, five or six years ago, which, okay. I, I giggled. I like that. Um, that was actually, uh, a, scene that they reused from clear and present danger they used some cgi to add some explosions really? some couple other things yeah and they did some other stuff with the helicopter but that was reused from clear and present Danger. well so i read this too i don't know if you were going to bring this up at all but i think maybe now's the time to talk about it since we're in 
Columbia, Bogota. Apparently there was like this controversy about this, the inaccurate depiction of, of Bogota, because they said that Columbia criticized the film for showing Bogota as like a small village in the middle of a jungle with hot and humid climate, while like the city, then they have like this actual picture on the Wikipedia of the city, and it's like this huge, you know, actual city. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, th- there is this type of stuff in all of these movies, I will say, where and TV shows even, right? Where they'll Mexico has the yellow filter, and like, as a yeah, the, tone the, on, yeah. Um, Everything is in Russia's the jungle. Got, like or, the blue or... filter, right? And it's always cold and yes. snowy, no matter what time of year yeah. it is. London is always great. I think London might actually. <laughs> it, it is, it, but so that was something I just wanted to bring up to acknowledge it. But like, look, this happens in all these movies. But I, you know, in case if anybody was wondering about that, I will say it's not always the best yeah, look yeah. but you know when they're making these movies they take they do take some creative license with what they're trying to to sometimes what you're trying to show versus reality like what you're trying to show isn't the same as what reality is and sometimes what you're trying to show reality doesn't show that well you know what i'm saying it doesn't translate to to a movie or a tv show yeah yeah but I can I get it because at the same time, uh, especially a lot of South American com- countries, um, we we when we do films, TV shows, and stuff about it. Because I think The Simpsons even had an issue with it with I think Brazil about like kidnappings and there's all kinds of organized crime and and it it, it does shed a horrible light on on those countries for for no reason. Um, so you do got to do yeah, better about yeah. it. Yeah, and it's I think it has been getting better. Mm-hmm recently but it's still a a trope that happens unfortunately but uh we get bogota five or six years ago um we see brad pitt at a bar in the middle of bogota it's war torn there like as the helicopter's coming in there was explosions and stuff right you know gunfire cities full of chaos it's a war zone um apparently someone uh, the police or the military bust in this place. Um, Brad Pitt finds out through the bartender apparently someone killed someone called the Barracuda. So they're looking for tourists who they're, are there uh, by themselves. So they're looking at Brad Pitt. Angelina Jolie comes in. Um, they start looking at her, but they kind of recognize that they need each other in this moment to at least portray that they're a married couple so they don't, you know, uh, so they can get themselves out of danger. Now, one thing I'll say is I even tried to look this up. I wonder if either of the two of them were the ones who actually killed the Barracuda. Yeah, is that not wrapped up then? It's not. I looked online. I tried to find it. Couldn't find it. I don't know if anything's ever came out. I, I'd like to think it's the, the movie's at least hinting at the fact That's that one I of thought, the two of them yeah. probably was but like I would, I would, I would have. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I would have at least liked some some resolution on, especially later when they're talking about and the truth starts coming out and start talking about stuff. Like it would have been nice for one of them to be like, "Yeah, I was the one who took out the bad." Yeah, food. yeah. You know that would have been great. But that's just me. Um. So this is the first scene of where I say 
I can see some chemistry between the two when they're dancing later in the rain and they have the sexy night out and stuff. And I don't know. To me, there's some stuff you can put on film and you can fake and people can try and act. But sometimes there's just chemistry that just can't like a connection between two people that you can just look at and be like, I wouldn't believe these two people would be together. But I don't know. Like, I just I kind of saw sparks between these two. And I don't know. Yeah, I would say there's really only two scenes I can really see it in. It's it's this one and the scene when they're blowing each other up in the house and get it on. Like, you know, like, but the rest of the movie, I didn't see as much. I mean, obviously, because part of it is they're acting like they, they hate each other, right? Because they're they're in their bored yeah. marriage, um, dead bedroom situation. Uh, so we get, you know, we, we get a nice little sexy scene of them dancing. Uh, Jane wakes up the next morning, as always in every movie with the, the sheet wrapped perfectly around her or whatever to cover her body. Not knocking that, I'm just saying it happens in every movie. Um, uh, but he, like, she thinks maybe it was a one night stand, you know, cause he's not there, but he came back, uh, brought her some coffee. They, 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 they start developing an attraction some feelings, right? Uh, we see, uh, I guess they're in New York City. It looked like Chicago, maybe. I don't know. But, um, especially since I know, like, Vince Vaughn is like a big Chicago guy. So now we see them I think talking in New York with for their co workers. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm oh, saying, okay. like, this first scene where they get back to the States, I thought maybe it was like Chicago, but it probably is New York somewhere. I don't know. Uh, but now we see them talking to their co-workers about the person they met, right? Uh, Jane speaking with Jasmine as they're doing rock climbing on this massive mountain and everything. Uh, John is talking to Eddie as he's in the middle of, uh, of an MMA ring, right? And he's, he's kind of working out, getting his thing on. Basically, we find out he proposed to Jane and they're getting married. And Eddie's trying to talk him out of it, but he also can't hear him because he's, John's getting punched in the face right. pretty continuously. And he thinks he's like, he thinks maybe like, I, I think you knocked some sense out of him. He's talking crazy, whatever. We cut to five or six years later. Once again, great callback. So, so what did you think of the meeting of our first meeting between John and Jane and then our introduction of their coworkers, uh, who are integral parts of their lives? Yeah. The, um, I guess it was trying to like I liked seeing Vince Vaughn. I like Vince Vaughn, so that was nice. Uh, and then recognizing Carrie Washington too, as uh, I guess before she was really famous, yeah, huge. Um, yeah. No, it was uh, it was interesting with the with the scene where they're fighting because I didn't realize at first, I guess, that these were going to be their coworkers and not just friends type of thing. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I can't picture Vince Vaughn as a spy. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say a spy. I'd yeah, say more assassins, of assassins. But yeah, I can't really picture him as one of those. Um, my default for Vince Vaughn is always dodgeball. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, so seeing him like in the that. gym yeah. was very normal for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it was a, int- a very so, interesting start to the to the film. So one thing I forgot to bring up too is there uh, shows them on a date at a carnival, right? 
and they're walking along and you got all the carny games that they're all rigged, right? So that you don't win. Like that's they're carnies. That's what they do. Like they're, they're, they're rigged so they can take your money and maybe every now and then you'll get like a little dinky prize or whatever. So they come up on a shooting game, right? This is, this is the audience's first clue that there's something amiss between the two of them. Jane picks up the rifle. She's not even holding it properly. She's just kind of aiming it with her body. She hits a couple of the targets. Okay, cool. John picks it up, right? And a lot of people wouldn't notice this, but, uh, so, uh, where is it? Where is it? Um, during the carnival scene, he picks up the, he picks uh-huh. up the rifle, right? He closes his left eye to aim, and then he opens it so he can retain his peripheral vision. It's what snipers are taught to do, which hints at his abilities with weapons. So unless you really have a lot of weapons training or, or involved with weapons, or like most people wouldn't pick up on that. I didn't even pick up on that until I saw the notes on this. But he hits like four out of five or something, right? He misses the last one. He wins like a little teddy bear. But because he did better than her... Jane's competitive streak comes out. So now she wants to go again. She's pretty forceful about like, no, I want to go again. And when she does, she nails every single target. Like she hits all of them. Um, what did you think of, what did you think of? And he's kind of, John's just kind of looking there in shock at her. Like, what, what is, what is going on here? But they both just chalk it up to both of their hitting targets as beginner's luck. Yeah, this was actually one of the things that stood out to me as uh, as mind-boggling on how they don't pick this stuff up <laughs> with each other. I guess they just didn't want to see it, but it was... Uh, look, okay, so I, know, I of course know the twist because of the trailers. So I know they're both spies. That's the whole thing that gets you into the scene, right? So I assume most of the people in the theater know that as well. Now, if you just happen to... If you just oh you're on mute, uh, but if you just happen to sit and watch this on FX without reading the description, maybe it gets you right. But for me, knowing that ahead of time and that I'm like, how do you not know she is a spy, or how do you not know how he, good he is for using these weapons and and stuff like that? That was getting me. Well- We'll get to something else later, but you know, you, you know what to chalk it up to? Dudes in love. They're both yeah, in love. Yeah. And when you first start a relationship, right, you can overlook some things just because you're so enamored with that other person. Sometimes it's good things you overlook, you find out later. Sometimes it's bad things, right? Sometimes people leave little breadcrumbs and trails and, and they leave hints as to who they really are, but you're so enamored, you're so infatuated with that person that you, you just kind of overlook it for good or bad. And I think this is, this is another one of those scenarios. Yeah, it could be. Um, we get, uh, once again, we get, you know, uh, five or six years later, they're now married, right? Um, what did you think of this house? Dude, this was huge house. Uh, especially what? So hold on. This house has her cover. Is she's a she's a bartender? He he does construction or whatever. He's in charge of like construction projects. She is 
she's involved in like technology okay. stuff. So maybe at the time, maybe like when they first met or something, she I was a bartender. I thought that's what he said when 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 he was getting or beat quote up. unquote. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, like when when he was telling Vince Vaughn about her, I thought he said bartender. So maybe that was originally, but her cover. Um, yeah. I so at first I was like, whoa, this is a huge house for for that. But you know, construction can make money and stuff. This is a big house. It reminds me of uh the the Ferris Bueller house. Actually, it looked very similar. Yeah. Like he's in charge yeah. of this construction company. She's the CEO of like this technology company. They both make a ton of money, right? And it looks like they're living maybe in like Long Island, maybe somewhere in Connecticut, something like that. Cause they're traveling into like New York city all the time. You know, it works out for both of them that they're both in charge of these massive companies or something. So they're always traveling. Right. So it's not against, it's there's, you know, they're both going off to do their own thing, which their own thing just happens to be that they're killing people. But you know, like, like you're one to do, they yeah. both have business. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but they both had business trips they got to take yeah. all the time. So it is what it is, right? Um, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit now, but okay, this has to be a custom-built house, right? Like, especially with everything that we see Oh yeah. later in this movie, this isn't just a regular house. Like, this is a custom-built house. Now, they could have bought this house and then made those changes... But okay, but once again, how do they make these changes in this house that we're like we'll talk about later without the other person really having well, how do any they also knowledge do, of it? like if it's custom like, built, oh, how do they also tell the builders to do it without knowing to yeah so the, I have an answer to that they work they they work for like government organizations mm-hmm. that kill people, right? So they have to have the cover. Like we see later when he goes into his little job, his secretary gives him like some, you know, hotel yeah. receipts and all this other stuff to kind of keep his cover going. I'm sure that they have on or off the books construction companies that they work with that make stuff that they need. Because like, okay, when we, we'll talk about it later with at Jane's work. Her, She's more high tech than uh, yeah, John yeah. is, right? Angelina Jolie's whole thing is more high technologically advanced than Brad Brad Pitt's more just like a kind of a James Bond type, but without the gadgets. But Angelina Jolie's very much about gadgetry and, and technology. But I'm sure they have construction companies or people who like someone had to build her office, and it's not just her office. She's got an office on like the 50th yeah. floor of a building, right? So they gotta have a company that's gonna build stuff. And kind of set her office in certain ways that other people aren't going to know about, especially since more than likely they don't own the building. Now there's a chance it's a it's a shell company. The government does own the building, and they leased out the other floors to other people, but they kept the 50th floor for her. That's always a possibility. But same thing with like you know still like it's feasible that Brad Pitt would have his little shed and some stuff out in the backyard. As most men are, are want to do or are shown to have in, in TV shows and movies, right? And I'm sure, like he's not just he's not just gonna hire Joe's Construction down the street. I'm sure he's got his own set construction company that can build his stuff like that that he wants. So that that explains that. But how do you like? She's got stuff built into the ovens yeah, and things. How wild. how how is 
how is this how does John not know about this stuff? Yeah. She tells him later she's never cooked a day in her life. Yeah, so hold on, and I missed but, that when she said that. Who 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 did she say cooked then? The girls from oh, her okay, agency okay, okay. are the ones who cook. But they also show her taking stuff out of an oven earlier. Now it could be yeah, she was just that's, that's exactly what I think it was. It's like they made it and then she puts it in. The, it, they may have just brought it too and she puts it in the oven, not even reheating it, and then she just pulls it out like, "Oh, it's here." Or or she just she just they just give her instructions, put it in, in at four fifty right, for sixty right. minutes, yeah. right? And that's all she's got to do. I don't know, but uh, stuff like that. But how much do you really know about your significant other? Well, apparently they don't know anything about so, each other. That is the uh, to be married for five to six years, and just I get they're always away, and that's and that's part of it, right? But it's like very like, did they ever spend any time alone? Because okay, but they did because it late yeah. as we find out later, they talk about like uh, he brought his real parents yes. to the wedding. Yeah, she I hired know. an actor. And then Brad Pitt's like, I knew I, I told you I saw your dad yes, on that Fantasy part was Island. Good. That line was good. Right? Um, so, I mean, they, they have, I, I guess at some point they figured out, hey, this is a great cover, right? They, they think each other's job is legitimate. They think it's a great cover for them to continue doing what they're doing. And, you know, they, they find ways to just kind of, keep these covers up. I, I don't know. I mean, especially if they live that lie long enough. I mean, um, you know, we, 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 but we see that their domesticated bliss isn't so blissful necessarily. Right. Uh, they're kind of, they're getting ready for work. It's very, like I said, it's extravagant house. Gorgeous. Um, but they got, they're, they're just, there's some things that are off between the two of them. You can sense some tensions and things aren't connecting between the two. Uh, they go out to work and it seems they have issues because they have a two car garage. They park next to each other. Okay. But then it goes into one lane and they leave for work at the same time, but they can't figure out who's going to go first. Really bad design of the, of the driveway. Uh, and not only that, but there's uh just communication issues. Communication would solve a lot of this. A lot of these. Communicate with your spouse. Yeah. Um. So we 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 they get to their respective jobs. We show them interacting with people at the jobs. Like I said, Brad Pitt works at this construction company. Uh, his secretary gives him his his cover story for him going away. Some airline ticket stubs and some other stuff, hotel receipts, all these other things, right? Uh, he's talking with Eddie. Um, you kind of get the sense Eddie doesn't like Jane. Um, he's that, 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 that friend that they always show in, in stuff like this who he's a friend to the end, but he doesn't like the missus for whatever reason. They don't get along. Um, and and here's where we see like the distinct differences between their two personalities as well. John goes to work, he he gets a tar you know, he gets he gets an assignment, right? And uh it's through like some basic means through the phone and some other stuff. Jane gets to work and it's she likes it, she works in this high rise and it's all these computers and technology. 
and all this other stuff. And, and like, so, like, we, we see there's also, like, a split there. Um, I think this is also where we see, uh, what's his name here? Oh, Benjamin, Adam Brody there for the first time where he goes in to, yeah. to speak. We also get an appearance by, it's Keith David as father's yes. voice. Uh, Angelina yes, Jolie's Keith job. David's voice uh, is so magnificent. I could tell it was him without having to look it up at all. We we do get a we do get a glimpse of him like through a computer screen yeah, yeah. later to like verify it's him. But yeah, we you know he he does have that very remarkable. Yeah, because I grew up watching uh, Gargoyles, uh, which was a Disney animated series made by people that made like Batman the animated series, and it was a really great show. And he played Goliath, the main one of those. And his voice has just been etched in me since then. You, you know, whose voice was distinctive, but I never recognized it. The guy who played uncle Phil. I didn't know he was shredded oh, until yeah, he passed yeah. away. And then I found that out. And then I, like, I heard like, you know, a clip from a cartoon. And I'm like, how did I not recognize mm-hmm. this dude? Um, so they go out, they get back home, they go their separate ways to eat. They each have a separate contract for a different person that they're going to take out, right? John goes to this kind of little seedy place and looks like, I, I thought it was maybe like Chinatown or something, but I don't know. It's some, some seedy little dive bar that he goes in the back for that there's some illegal poker games yeah. going on that you know that threw me off casey because like you said it looked like chinatown so i thought they were like on a mission out of the country at first you know what i'm saying like uh like i yeah. thought they flashed to them like on another co- and then when they came back and they were getting changed and they go to the friend's house i was like oh never mind Th- they were here <laughs> yeah uh, we, we get Angelina, we get Jane going into the city. Um, oof, yeah, this, this is that outfit on Angelina Jolie. Oof. Anyway, uh, she, she's playing a, a dominatrix for a dude apparently who's selling weapons to people. Um, they both managed to take out their target. Brad, uh, John has to act like he's drunk and he stumbled in to this poker game by mistake, right? They're trying to get rid of him, but uh, he's trying to play off that he's so drunk and he's talking trash about how he could take him. He's trying to make himself a mark for them, like, oh, we're just going to take this guy's money pretty easy, and then we'll you know, send him on his way. Um, eventually, his target comes in. He takes everybody out. He gets mad, though, because he got beaten by Pericles, which, been there before, man. Guy bluffs, beats you with a crappy hand, and he's just like, God damn it. Could have beat that hand. Um, Jane, like I said, manages to take her target out. Uh, Dominatrix style. She even brings up the, the line of even selling weapons to bad people. And that's when the guy kind of realizes, like, oh, crap. Yeah, his face kind of, his face kind of falls a bit like, uh, what? Uh, she breaks his neck. And uh, she manages to escape out the high-rise building and catch a cat. Uh, so, so what did you think of our first glimpse of, of their true identities here? Uh, yeah, I like the scene where he goes and, uh, 
you know has to do the the poker so seeing their different styles right um is kind of what you get here on how they operate he has the two guns uh holstered she just uses her hands and breaks his neck you know uh very different styles obviously too she can't really she knows she's going to be searched right so she has to kind of do her do her own thing here going in there so now i thought this was uh a fun scene of seeing their um different styles i will also shout out I like the people at the poker party because they have soccer on in the background. So uh, at least they went out watching the, the <laughs> beautiful game. So, <laughs> And considering it's the middle of the night, yeah, too, or it, it's evening. That's for what us, also so made me think it was overseas is because like, yeah. there's not that many games at night during the, during our time. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they, they were probably watching, uh, replay of it or or something yeah from 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 across the pond there so uh yeah they 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 get back home and change and next thing you know they go to their neighbor's house to meet their neighbors um angelina jolie didn't change totally she forgot to change out of her fishnet stockings which was a little awkward um and and they go their separate ways you know brad pitt goes with the other guys Angelina Jolie goes with the other women. Um, here we kind of see some more differences between the two as well. Uh, there's a baby. And Jane doesn't seem very motherly or like she wants children at all. But she's kind of forced to Awkwardly hold the baby. Awkwardly holding the baby out, yeah. Wants, wants nothing to do with this child. As she, looks at Bra- as she looks at John from across the room, it's almost like, get me out of here. Um. So once again, we, we we cut back to him at work. And this is where they get uh a target. That target happens to be the guy who we saw earlier who got a target who uh who got a who got his own mission. But we don't know. We don't totally know that yet. But we see they get uh the target Benjamin Dance, known as the Tank. How he got the name the Tank? Yeah, I don't Adam know. Brody Maybe does not look like a tank. <laughs> He's not a tank in any way, shape, or form, right? Uh, right? But both agencies get a target of the tank that they need him to take out. We find out he's being transferred from Mexican officials over to U.S. officials. And the information both agencies are given is the best place to do this is right on the other side of the border. Once again, this is where we also see their distinct styles come into play. Brad Pitt is more rugged. Um, like you said, he's very hands-on, but he's more rugged. His whole plan is he's just going to like ambush the convoy with a rocket launcher and just blow it up. Angelina Jolie asks for satellite imagery, and she's got landmines and explosives, and she's got a set of binoculars that can kind of recognize stuff and give distances and just... They, they go about their business in two totally different, distinct ways. What they don't know is they ran in, they run into each other on this mission. Now, what we find out later is they were meant to run into each other. That was the purpose. But, uh, obviously chaos ensues. They, they, chaos ensues. They take shots at each other. 
uh, Jane takes a, an actual rifle shot at John. John tries to blow her up with a rocket launcher. Um, explosions happen. The target gets away. They both leave. They both leave the scene very angry and perturbed. And now they realize that they have to take out the other one, although they don't know who the other one is yet. Uh, what did you think of this interaction between the two? Well, I thought it's funny. He's doing like the dune buggy act of like, oh, I'm just out here riding in this dune buggy. I could see yeah. Brad Pitt just riding along in a dune buggy like that, though. Like, I like for him that that looks like and that her would reaction be funny. of just like, oh, like who is this asshole? And then like, uh, yeah. you know, and, and then you see his plan is okay. Let's get the big rocket launcher out. Um, I will say, I think okay. So here's my question about the the twist at the end, right? That that they were that this was all set up to make them see each other. So they don't like that these two spies of different agencies are married. Married, living in the same house. But the agencies are okay with working together to both put the same target on them? So I think think the agencies, the two competing agencies that they work for, they're they're never explicitly explained, right? But I think it's probably something that they probably have. The two agencies have worked together previously, but they just choose to go about their own business. And I think, I think both agencies, whoever's in charge of both agencies, probably got together in some sort of covert X Files type meeting, right? And decided either one needs to take the other out, or they both need to take each other out. And they both acknowledge that they'd probably be fine with that. Now, they both seem like they're number one in their agency, in their respective agencies, right? But at the same time, I think they both realize this might be, this might be a necessity. Now, do you think they think that because they both don't know it? Like they're too dumb to have realized that they are married to the other, the other agency? Or do you think they're just concerned about for, for some other reason? It, it could be that. It could be a situation of, Okay, let's say obviously they, you know, they're doing covert operations, right? They're probably like we see they go overseas at some point because yeah. they both ended up in Colombia at some point. So what happens if they doing separate operations? One of them gets kidnapped or something. Obviously, the other one is going to want to go get their significant other. But that also could be against what the agency that that individual's work like that could go against what that individual's working for that individual that agency's working for right so it, it could just cause a lot of issues as far as like it could be a situation where it could put the united states the entire country in danger now that's that's going way overboard that that's an extreme right let's think about this right especially you know this was 20 years ago but the climate we live in now right Let's say one of them gets captured by Russians, right? Obviously, the other one's going to want to go help them. But at the same time, like, you're going to storm into Moscow trying to find the other person? Like, we see it happen in movies all the time. But that's also something that can escalate things. And next thing you know, there's mutually assured destruction and nuclear war happening, right? So it could just be a situation of the both agency heads got together and was like, can't have this. Um, 
Obviously, we can't say we're going to take out one of the two, but if one of them takes the other one out, that's fine. If they both manage to take the other one out, even better. And then we just kind of carry on with what we do. I, mean, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, this was the weakest part of the uh, the movie. Was it, the the it looked like oversight in the script, and it may not be, but it's just like you know where it's like okay, it turns out both agencies got on the same page for this one thing, but they couldn't have him both living together. Like that's that's what seemed kind of for me. Okay, but here, here's the thing. As we find out later, though, the plan always what the plan wasn't for them to take out the tank. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, but the agencies both had to agree to make the same target and who that target would be, so that way they would see each other. So there yeah. had to be communication between the two agencies. What I'm saying, and it's like, um, yeah, just be and just because they didn't like them both living together, it was kind of like a, I don't that for me is is the weakest part of the plot, and I just think that that is. You know what? I, you know what I I could equate it to, CIA East and CIA West from Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like realistically, just like, I, I mean, I, I've had to deal with uh, in Iraq. I've had to deal with people who work for some of uh, a couple different agencies, and sometimes they don't talk to each other. Like, and then weird things can happen when people don't talk to each other, right? But like I said, it, like not only that, but yeah. I think you bring up a good point that I hadn't thought of. Um, you've been married to and living with someone working for a competing agency for the last five or six years. Um, maybe you're not as good as I thought. Maybe uh, you can't have right. it. Right. That, that's what I started to headcanon a bit to make it make more sense. Where they're like, hey... Both of uh, both of our highest agents are are dumbasses, so they have. Let's agree to take them out by, you know, doing this fix thing, so they so they find but, out each other yeah. are actually spies, and then let's see where the chips fall uh, on that type of thing. But yeah, I don't know. So John picks up a laptop right from the explosions and stuff. He takes it back with him. Uh, Jane gets back, and uh, obviously they. Jane had video footage of everything from her from satellite imagery and some other stuff. So this is one of the best parts right here for me, is when they both realize who each other is. So John gets the laptop, uh, takes it to someone who who does some work for him. There's a memory chip in there, right? The man they they're able to look up the memory chip, and she gives him an address where it was shipped to. So he goes to the address. He's got the address, whatever building. Which this this kind of bothered me a bit because how does he not know where his wife works, and how did that? How did he not recognize that address right? Yeah, off the yeah. Bat? So I could understand if they're like, "Hey, it was shipped to a Jane Smith." You'd be like, "Yeah, there's millions." But once you see the yeah, address, yeah. you're like, "Wait a minute, that's where I dropped my wife off at work so, that one time. Her car was in the shop." Like you know, you think that like he would know in case he had to get a hold of her while they're married for five years, that he would know the address of the place. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he wants to send her flowers one day, right? That's good cover. That's good cover. Send flowers. But, so he gets to the building, right? And he he manages to see the suite number, 5003, and he looks over and it's Jane's company, CEO. 
And I love his reaction, sweet mother of God. Like, it hits him. And it could be, crap. too. Like, if we wanted My to give is... Simon Kinberg, the writer, a little a little leeway on this, it could be that he did know the address, but it's like, I need to be sure. And then he sees it in person. And that, that's like, a possibility. Damn, too. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or maybe he just didn't realize the yeah, street yeah. number, like 5003 or whatever. Like, okay, like I said, that, that place has 50 floors. So, you know, I'm sure offices and various other people have rented out various floors or offices in that building, right? You know, so, okay, just because it's at 123 Main Street doesn't mean anything, but 123 Main Street, you know, 5003, and then he sees Jane Smith CEO or whatever technology company is. Oh, crap. The best part, though, is as Jane is looking at this footage, and it's footage of Brad, of uh, John Pink taking a leak, right? And the, he calls his wife, right? And as she's watching this, we hear Carrie Washington. We hear Jasmine. Jane, it's your husband. And that's when it yeah, hits yeah. her. But she means on the phone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously she's talking about, like, yeah, on the, you know, it's your husband on the phone. But once again, like, the writing for that scene and the placement of everything of Jane, mm-hmm. it's your husband, was, was, pick, was pitch perfect for me. And then as she just looks at it like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Now, I guess my question is, because they kind of both leap immediately to, this is bad, They're going. the other one's going to kill me. Is that the first thought you would have with this? Or would you be like, hey, maybe we should talk about this first? Or I don't know if there's any, I'll be honest, I don't know if there's any talking after that. He shot a rocket at her. She tried to shoot him in the chest. Mm-hmm. But she didn't know who what? he was, and he did. You know what I'm saying? Gr- granted, you didn't know who the other person was, right? And you can maybe chalk that up. But at the same time, like, I don't, I don't know what can be said at that point, like, because then this is the night when they go home and have dinner, right? And then the, yeah. you know, the, the the they start each reaching for weapons. So. Yeah, so they, they, they go home, right? Uh, the phone call, co- uh, coincidentally was, hey, John wants to know what time dinner is. Dinner's at seven. Always is. Because I guess they just have that same routine. He always comes in right at seven o'clock. Dinner's always ready right at and seven. And I think she so thinks of it as almost like the, the five or six year thing, almost like it's always at seven. Like, why does he need to be, t- <laughs> why does he need to be told this? Yeah. Well, so, Keep this in in tow, but a domesticated Angelina Jolie, man. All right. Before we talk about this scene, are you an Alfred Hitchcock fan? Uh, I mean, I've seen a few of his movies, um, but I'm not like a, a huge fan. I appreciate him. Okay, I'll say he's known as the yeah. master of suspense, right? So there's a quote I'm going to read to you from Alfred Hitchcock, and it fits perfectly in this scene, right? So the first part is, there's no terror in the bang, only in the anticipation of it. The quote goes, there's a a distinct difference between suspense and surprise, and yet many pictures continually confuse the two. I'll explain what I mean. I'm not going to do a horrible British Alfred Hitchcock voice, because that would just ruin it. 
So we are now having a very innocent little chat. Let's suppose there is a bomb underneath the table between us. Nothing happens. Then all of a sudden, boom, there is an explosion. The public is surprised. But prior to this surprise, it is it has seen an absolutely ordinary scene of no special consequence. Now, let's take a suspense situation. The bomb is underneath the table, and the public knows it, probably because they have seen an anarchist place it there. The public is aware the bomb is going to explode at 1 o'clock, and there is a clock in the decor. The public can see that it is a quarter to 1. In these conditions, the same innocuous conversation becomes fascinating because the public is participating in the scene. The audience is longing to warn the characters on the screen. You shouldn't be talking about such trivial matters. There's a bomb beneath you and it's about to explode. In the first case, we have given the public 15 seconds of surprise at the moment of the explosion. In the second, we have provided them with 15 minutes of suspense. The conclusion is that whenever possible, the public must be informed. Except when the surprise is a twist, that is, when the unexpected ending is in itself the highlight of the story. And I've heard this quote before, and I've looked at it with a lot of like a lot of things. And a lot of filmmakers have taken a lot of taken this quote from Hitchcock and used it very well. I know you're not a fan of his work, but there is a scene in Inglorious mm-hmm. Bastards um, from Quentin Tarantino of uh, I think it's like the opening scene, like opening farmhouse scene of Inglorious Bastards. Of unfortunately, there's a bunch of Jews hiding beneath the floor, and the main character, who's uh, I forget who plays the main uh, the main protagonist and antagonist in that. Um, All I know is that B.J. Novak is in that movie from The Office. <laughs> but it's uh, he did he did Django Unchained. He did uh, oh, Christoph yeah. Waltz. Christoph Waltz plays like a Nazi leader, and he goes in, and there's this suspense of they know. And it, it ends horribly. Like all, the, all the people under the stairs get killed because he knows they're there. Eventually they open fire on him. But there's the suspense of it. Um, at the same time, this scene, when Brad Pitt, when John pulls into his home, knowing that his wife tried to kill him. Jane is home, knowing that her husband tried to kill her. For me, this is almost picture perfect in that aspect of suspense because we the audience know this and then as they go through he pulls in right he's looking for his wife because he's not sure what's going on she surprises him at the door she's made a martini for him because we've seen from his we've seen earlier from his routine he gets home he makes a martini right but she's already got one made for him i don't know if that's something that happens regularly Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But the conversation between the two of, hey, how was work? Uh, some things happened. I missed you. I missed you too. Right? Little little quotes like that between the two of them. Um, we had some trouble at work and so on and so forth. And as, as John goes into the dining room, he sees that there's a bottle of Drano left on the counter. Yeah. If, if you're John, are you drinking the, are you drinking the martini? No. No, I'm not eating or drinking any of this stuff. Like I know he does eventually eat some because she's eating some, right? But it's uh Yeah, I don't know if I trust uh I don't know if I trust any of this. 
So I might not drink the martini, but I probably would have eaten the food. A, I'm a fat ass and I love food. B, to me, Jane doesn't look like a poisoning kind of per- kind of person. Yeah. Now, granted, nobody does until they poison right. you, right? But now I I can say that from having looked at this from afar, right? Jane doesn't look like a poisoning assassin. She's she's you know a, a different kind of a, a creature there. But yeah, I don't know. Like I I don't know about the martini, but. Uh, Especially with the, uh, I never would ate the food. I, I think I would have trusted it. it. Just didn't seem that didn't seem her. The stuff. touch of having the salt close to him, so he doesn't have to ask for the salt, was nice too. You know, because that was a problem in their marriage before, where he's like, "Can you pass the salt?" And she's like, "It's in the middle." It's in the middle. And of the table. Uh, this time he says it, and then she's she like kind of looks at him, and he sees like, "Oh, it's right here." Like, uh, you know, it was just this over the top uh, being kind. When it's not, you know, when they when they were going through trouble in their marriage and stuff too. Yeah, you know, he comes in. There's candles on, you know, at the table, and I, I, they probably brought out the fine china. She probably brought out the fine china. He's like, oh, I thought this was for special occasions. This is right. So the tension is building between the two because each one knows about the other one. They don't know if the other one knows, but each one knows about the other. One. Yeah. It's like friends, um, where it's like uh, they don't know that we know they know we know type of situation. Uh, once again, I gotta say this. I don't know why, but I'm intrigued by Angelina Jolie <laughs> with a knife. She, to me, she seems like she does know how to use a knife, and that's scary yet arousing. And they came up with a perfect term for that in Futurama, where Fry once said, "I'm scaroused." <laughs> I want to point um, out here, you said about Hitchcock earlier. And, you know, he's really good at this anyway, from like if you watch Rear Window, Vertigo, movies like that. Those are a lot of the movies I've watched of of Hitchcock. But I just saw a name of a movie that he made in 41, and I want to highlight it. It's called Mr. and Mrs. Smith in 1941. No, yeah, I know. No it's an American though. screwball comedy, one of the only movies he directed that was a comedy. Apparently... He did it in a favor to Carol Lombard, but uh, just kind of funny looking through his filmography and seeing that. And I was like, Oh my God, just funny that you're using a Hitchcock quote about this movie. And then there's a movie with the same name. I I pulled that quote up before I got through the rest of some other facts and then saw that this has no connection to the Alfred Hitchcock (laughs) movie, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. But, um, so You know, there's dinner. They start eating, right? Uh, as she's starting to cut the pot roast, John gets a little scared. So he wants to come in and says, no, he'll take it. But Jane pulls another knife out from out of nowhere to cut the bread. Um, tension keeps going. Uh, like you said, there's the salt scene and, and they both eat. John decides to get up and, and, and pour a glass of wine. And I, I wonder how long those two could have went with each other if he didn't do this, right? Of just kind of letting this kind of simmer between the two. I think it ended at a perfect time. I think if it would if it would if they would have went another couple scenes, or like throughout the rest of the night, it, it would have got old. But he pours a glass of wine, hands it to her. 
He drops the wine bottle, but her instincts and reflexes kick in. She grabs it from out of nowhere. And that's when they both kind of realize each other. They both look at each other and realize, oh, the jig is Yeah, so then she drops it anyway. So that way she she has to go excuse herself for a towel. Yeah. And then they, 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 they both, like, they both take off. They both, they both split up, right? And they realize, oh, hell. Like, this is not good overall. Uh, they leave the house. Jane leaves in a car. John pulls out a gun for whatever reason. I don't know. And he's got to kind of do a Ferris Bueller type thing through people's lives. I was going to mention that. Right? I was like, oh, my goodness. It's funny the order we watch these movies in because sometimes we just end up with these connections that we, that we put together. <laughs> yeah. I had I completely forgot about this scene until I saw it, and then I was like, "Oh, this is kind of like a a Ferris Bueller scene," and we just watched that. Yeah, we, we we make these little connections through movies and everything, and it, it's it's great. Um, but yeah, he's running through people's yards. Um. So, do 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 do. He uh. Okay, so after the Smiths discover each other's identity, Jane speeds away in the car, John runs after her. He ends up tripping and crashing through a fence and his gun goes off. The trip was a mistake, and Brad Pitt's reaction, as well as the following ad-lib of Oh Dear God, were genuine. So that scene was supposed to be a little bit different, but I I like the way it turned out. Of him kind of tripping over the fence and accidentally shooting through the windshield. And then trying to explain, like, hey, it's not what it looks like. Like, that was an accident. I didn't mean to do that. Um, if I'm Jane, I'm trying to run him over, too. Like, yeah, that, that, yeah like, definitely. Yeah, like, like all, all the gloves are off at this point. Uh, he ends up on the hood of, or the, the roof of the car after she tries to run him over. Uh, he manages to get inside the car. She ducks out. Um, and then they both end up with their respective work buddies. Uh, where they spilled the beans. Uh, he tells Eddie, "Hey, you know Jane was Jane was the uh the other assassin." Of course, Eddie is there for him, but he's also at the same time like you know I told you so. Blah blah blah. Uh, Jasmine is at the office. Um, she's talking with Jane. She's trying to offer support, but they both realize like, man, this this has to end. Uh. So we get a little sad scene of them both kind of just sitting up at night. Um, it's unfortunate. Uh, we get the next morning. We get uh, Jane, Jasmine, and her girls uh, tear through the house. Literally. Destroying things. Uh, we come to find out that they found John's little hidden shack. Or his, his basement under the hidden shack and clean out his, his guns and things. Um, Jane gets a little teary eyed as she's watching the wedding video. Um, that she, she, she kind of takes off limits from everybody, right? So you can kind of see that she still loves this dude. Yeah. You know? That's our way of finding out that they, that they both do like love each other. They're just not telling each other. So like, you know, later, I don't know how much later in this scene or, or in this part, but there will be a part when Brad Pitt, you know, Mr. Smith calls her and she puts on this front of, 
you know, no, you yeah. are a, just a mark type of thing. And, mm-hmm. um, and he's hurt by that. And he is, you know, so you can kind of see, we know the truth. Like we know the truth on our side. And she, yeah. she regrets saying it too yeah, after yeah. she hangs up. Like she, it's not something she wanted to do, but she was, I guess she was trying to make the cleanest break possible. She probably didn't think she could trust him. You know, it, it it's like this. How can you trust somebody that lied to you for six years, even though you lied to them as well? It's a very tough situation to know if you could ever be able to fully trust them it, when you both know you're assassins. Like that—that is the biggest part. But, but like at the same time, like like John, like Brad Pitt says later, we're gonna have to redo yes. every conversation yep. we've ever had. Yeah, because the one time um, what she says something about. Um, how she didn't uh help at like something, and he's like, "Oh, I really like that about you," <laughs> you know? Yeah, she wasn't yeah. in the Peace Corps. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, I really liked that about you." So yes, um, things that you may have found attracted, you know, attractive are are now things you have to re talk about to figure out if those were true or not. So uh, you know. John gets back to his place, finds everything cleaned out. He's he's pretty he's pretty pissed. I would be too. Looks like he put a lot of money into his little man cave there. Um, so Jane's back at her office. Um, she's got like forty eight hours to to solve the problem, basically, right? Um, so you know. She she's she's talking to her girls and she's like, okay, we got to put phone traces, blah blah blah. And one of them rings up like on what John Smith, right? Like you're gonna find John Smith, right? Like okay, like yeah, sure. Um, come to find out, they don't need to, they don't need to look very hard because he finds them. Uh, so we get some some interaction between some playful banter and interaction between the two of them. Um. Obviously, there's some, uh, there's been some other frustrations between the two of them in their marriage, um, hinting at some sexual frustrations. Um, uh, he ends up breaking into their, uh, once they realize he's in their, their home, basically, their home base, they have to scatter, they have to like get rid of everything, burn, uh, destroy the hard drives and all this other stuff. Um, he had a chance, and he couldn't take the shot. Do you think he could have taken a shot? Hell no. I can't do that. I mean, you are an assassin, though. Like. Well, that's the thing. Am I an assassin in this scenario, or am I... <laughs> Me right now? No, I can't do it. Um, no, if I really love the person, I don't think I'd be able to. Um... You know, uh, I, I like the interactions with Vince Vaughn and uh, with Eddie and, and and John there, though, especially when. Uh, so, uh, you know, some other stuff happens. Eventually, he finds another. Uh, he takes some stuff from her place, right? He's going through like the, everything that's burned. He finds another place that they use as a home base, right? So he ends up there at some construction firm or some place that's under construction. Um, he ends up in the elevator and, uh, he ends up kind of trapped in the elevator, but he knows immediately it's Jane, 
Right. So, like, it, you know, voice comes over there in the elevator. Obviously, he knows it's Jane. Um, he, she gives him a chance to leave, to walk away. He can't do it. Um, so once again, they, they have a little back and forth and she says goodbye. Her coworker decides to hit one of the, hit the switch on the elevator yeah, and blow it up. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Which she was not expecting. She was not anticipating. Um, and she is obviously very distraught from this because she thinks she just killed her husband. Um, what they don't know is Brad Pitt had, uh, or John had, had, he was in an elevator next to the one she thought he was in. And consequently, uh, he was sending a feed over there and he's a little distraught because like, he's like, this, this, this bitch really tried to kill me. Yeah. And that's the only way, like, at that point, that's the only thing, I, the only words I can really use to describe that, like, cause that would literally be the first thoughts coming out of my mind. Like, okay, maybe there was some accidents this before. Time, yeah. No excuse. Like, yeah. yeah, like, she really tried to blow me up and kill me. Like, um, I, I do like, I said, I do like the, the interaction between Eddie and John, where Eddie's got the shotgun, he's in the house, cause he lives with his mom. But whatever. Yeah, no, if I he can, if he says he, this is what I found funny. He says he doesn't get out of bed for anything less than half a mil, and he doesn't have his own house. Look, maybe he's trying to keep stuff off the books, and you know, I don't know. You know, his mom makes a good meal every now and then for him, and he, but like he says, he she doesn't live. He doesn't live with his mom. She lives with him. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. whatever. But I, I I like the whole thing of Eddie, mom. <laughs> Yeah, we're on high alert right now. You have no idea. Never mind. Uh, we, we see Jane at a very, very nice restaurant. Come to find out that's where he uh, John had proposed to her. Um, John comes up behind her. And this is another suspenseful area. But we also have a very interesting conversation between the two of them. Like, you know, John says, you seem to want me dead. And I don't really seem to care about your welfare anymore either. So what do we do from here? So so where would you go from there at that point if you're John? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, if I am John, I guess I am a killer. So you feel like you do have to probably take her out like you said the elevator thing makes you think no other excuses she she said bye and then that one fell like there's he doesn't know that you know carrie washington's character dropped it right like he he just at that point it's okay i i've been kind of shown who she is at this point let me and, and then when he calls her later and she says the you were just a mark it's like okay that for that like he tries to play he tries to get himself out of this a bit by like double checking with her on the phone. He tries to yes. see if it can be. And when she says that, he's like, no, this is, this is it. And this is, you know, where they both go back to the house or whatever. But it was, uh, yeah, at that point it's either I have to, if it's actually me and not John Smith, I'm probably fleeing. I'm getting out of there. Never to be seen again, I guess. <laughs> 
But you're you're like one of the best assassins. Well, in yeah, the that's world. what I'm saying. Like, if it was me and not an assassin, I'm getting out of there. If I am an assassin, yeah. it feels like I have to probably make the move now. Um, they have a very, they kind of they kind of mod. They said they modeled this tango scene after True Lies. Um, but they they they, you know they 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 have some interactions there where John finds the knife. On Jane. Jane finds the gun on John. Gets rid of it. They both plant bombs on each other. To try and take the other one out. So things are starting to escalate. Business is starting to pick up here. Right? Um, Jane manages to escape. She's heading home. John steals a black car. And, and uh, also commits a felony. Uh, by throwing a bomb in a post- blue postal box and destroying the mail in the postal box. Um, that's also punishable for each piece of mail that was destroyed in that box. So he's looking at a very, very long prison sentence. Um, just got to put that out there as a postal worker. Um, also, I, I guess, but like that's a weird spot in front of a fancy restaurant like that to have a mailbox. In the middle of like yeah, downtown Manhattan. Like, I, I get it. It was there for the purposes of, of the movie. And I don't know. I haven't been in New York City in a very long time. And when I was there, I was a kid. So, you know, I don't remember seeing any mailboxes or I wouldn't remember where they were when I was there. But, uh, you know, now I'm just kind of curious of what the mailbox situation in like Manhattan looks like. Yeah, well, you could you could move to yeah. Manhattan and uh, become a postal worker there and figure it out, I guess. I'd never be able to afford it. I can barely afford to live out here in California <laughs> on a postal worker salary. I don't know how they do it out there. God bless. Um, so yeah, you know, he's driving back. He calls her up. Uh, this is another situation where you can tell it's uh, some older. It's an older movie because John has the Bluetooth earpiece. And it's not like not like our AirPods now or smaller Bluetooth earpiece. It's the old kind of yeah. one with the microphone that kind of goes from the ear to the front. Um, you, you might see like some truckers and stuff using now. But uh, yeah, that, that that's one of those. Where I was like, oh, that that. Yeah, you can tell this was made in the early 2000s because that was that was it. Um. Yeah, he's trying to salvage his his to see if his marriage is salvageable, seeing if there is any love there. Um, he asked her at one point, you know, what did you think when you first saw me? He says she looked like Christmas morning, um, which I thought was pretty sweet, nice, nice thing. I kind of can, I I kind of can understand. That. I remember like being a kid, like when you go downstairs Christmas time and you see that tree and everything underneath it for the first time. I can imagine, you know, the look of like. How awesome everything was on your face. And like you said, this person tells him she was a mark. He was a mark. Um, they both managed to arrive home at the same time. And uh, she tries to she T-bone. Yeah. Um, she gets into the house first. Uh, he's he's uh, he's he's trying to find he's trying to figure out a way into the house because he doesn't want to go through like the garage or whatever, right? Um, there's the nosy neighbor walking the dog or whatever who tells him his car is hanging out of the 
out of the driveway. So I'm guessing there's there's an HOA there, and that's probably against the HOA rules. So I'm sure you got a, a fine or something for that. Got penalized for that. Yeah, one. HOAs are a pain. Do you, do you do you have yeah. any out where you are? Yeah, my my townhouse is part right. of one. Um, and you know, uh, we've we've changed a few times. Like the people that own the HOA or whatever have changed a few times. Um, but so some of them have been absolute pains finding every little thing wrong and you get the thing in the mail it's like you got like uh 60 days to like fix all this stuff or else you're gonna get fined and it's just it's terrible Ooh, so john oliver did a thing last year on mm-hmm. hoas and they have they have repossessed people's homes over fines yeah. and stuff. they have too much power and they, and they keep raising prices each month too or, you know each year or whatever Um. So yeah. So he's he's finding a way. He gets in the uh, gets in the house. Manages to find his one of his stash of guns, and then uh massive massive uh firefighting ensues. How the entire like police department didn't show yeah. up at his house, I'll never know. They destroyed this home. Even so far as there was an explosion because he pulled a gas line out from the stove. Yeah, it, you know, it's a little absurd, but I did like the scene then when the cops come to the door and the neighbors and they're like, oh, yeah, we're fine. We're just like having sex. <laughs> Those weren't cops. Those were like the local security. Oh, yeah, patrol. yeah, yeah. You're right then. Yeah, they should have definitely was, had. Th- that was the thing. Those, those weren't cops. Those were like the local security guys who drive around their little vehicles with the lights on. Um, Yeah, they, they you know. Uh, they 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 get into some actual fisticuffs, although, and and I kind of agree with this. They show, Brett. They show John physically doing stuff to Jane, but it's more like along the lines of pushing or throwing her into a wall or something. They show Jane physically punching John, but they do not show John physically doing anything to Jane. There's an implication he kicks her when she's down one time or something, but they don't show like any actual physical hand to hand violence between John and Jane. And uh, I'm okay with that. I don't know if that's something we need to see in this context. Like I get it in this context is not, not what it can appear to be, but that's one of those. I'm fine with. I think that was a big controversy too when it first came out of, of like them not showing that stuff. Mm. Um, well, there was some conversation about it. Um, but eventually it ends when they, they, they manage to have guns at each other, but neither can pull the trigger. Um, John just can't do it. Jane, Jane wants him to do it because like she, she, but she can't pull the trigger either. And then they have hot sneamy monkey love. Yes, they go uh, at it. Yeah, that was apparently there was also a a much raunchier scene that was cut, as this was a PG thirteen movie. Um, I don't know if there is an unrated or I don't know if I'd want to see it, but I don't know if there is an unrated version of it out there. But they, I, I saw one of the one of the notes on IMDb was there was a much much raunchier version hmm. of a love scene between the two of them that that uh, didn't make the movie. Um, as you said, the next morning, 
they 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 come to and uh like you said the, the neighbors come over with their rent cops um private security basically they get the gist of oh no we were just having a wild night everything's okay and then they kind of start to break the melt the ice between the two and break things down they start having conversations uh jane ends up saying she's like numbing three fingers john can't hear out of like one of his ears right um and they start finding out all these other little things about each other um different they start talking about different missions they went on and i think john went on a mission and jane was like oh i wish i could have had that one um what, what, what did you think of them them kind of melting the ice here a little bit and trying to get to know each other again for the first oh, time. I like this scene a lot. I, I think this is where, um, I think this is kind of where I expected the movie to go to earlier. Actually, I thought they were going to get over that stuff earlier just from what I, I, cause I remember some of this stuff showing up in trailers, like them teaming up, I believe. So I kind of figured yeah. that was going to happen at some point, And I was just surprised it actually took as long as it did to, to happen. So uh, while they're doing that, once again, postal service is involved. Not 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 a fan of that one. Uh, one or both agencies send people to their home to try and eliminate them. Uh, they end up in the basement. Um, a robot brings a grenade down in the basement. It's kicked under some oil. There's an explosion. They make it out. Um, they steal a car from their neighbor. And they end up on the freeway. They're getting to know each other again. This is where we find out, like, oh, that wasn't my dad. That was an actor. I knew it. I told you I saw your dad on Fantasy Island. Um, once again, they're finding out some other stuff uh, about each other. When they realize they're being tailed. So now we have, like, a freeway chase and shootout scene. And this is where we kind of, some more of their, each is, I don't know what to call it, alphaness kind of yeah. comes out. At, at first, like, John is driving and Jane is trying to shoot because they're driving a minivan, but then Jane is like, no, let me drive. And, and John goes back and then, you know, handles, takes a guy out with a golf club. and uh, He, he kind of realizes he likes the minivan because the doors come in handy for a couple of things. And, um, there's some explosions on the freeway and, Pretty good action sequences. I didn't mind that mm-hmm. so much. Um, they eventually realize, like, hey, we gotta, we gotta figure something out. So they go talk to Eddie, right? Now, before this, this is where you brought up. Eddie's got like some sort of weird communication device, phone. I don't know what that is, two-way pager type thing, where he gets a message for Jane Smith. For $400,000. Basically saying, hey, there's $400,000 bounty on Jane Smith's head. He says, as much as I want to, I don't get out of bed for more than half, for, for less than half a mil. Then he sees one that pops up for John Smith for uh, $400,000. And that's when he's like, whoa. Yeah, that's when he gets up. So, Eddie. Turns down a bounty of $400,000 because he won't get out of bed for anything less than half a mil. This is borrowed from an infamous quote by Linda, Linda Evangelista in a 1990 interview by Vogue. How she, how she said, quote, 
She won't wake up for less than $10,000. <laughs> I wish, man. Could you imagine? Um, so they meet at a diner, right? Um, Eddie's talking to John, right? Uh, and he's, you know, he's trying to explain some stuff to him. And then he asks about the bitch wife. And then Jane pops up. Obviously, there's some tension between the two, but, um, even though those weren't the best looks, I'd still pay anything for Angelina. <laughs> but anyway. She probably um, won't accept it for anything less this, than half a mil, though. So you're going to have to come up with some money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, might, I might have to start a GoFundMe <laughs> for that one. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is this is where Eddie kind of breaks it down. Like, hey, the two of you worked for competing eight. Because here's the thing. He doesn't necessarily know who Jane works for. There's Apparently, there's word on the street now about it. And he breaks that down to John. He says, hey, if what I'm hearing, who she works for, is accurate, there's no hope for the two of you. Like, Unless you get them something they, he said, you know, they both want, right? Well, yeah, he, he tells them, like, hey, if you split up, there's a chance. Because now they have to hunt for you, you know, singly. You know, but if you stay together, you're both dead. You know, John even asked him, like, hey, where are you at? And look. You can say what you want about Vince Vaughn and Eddie. He's a friend to the end. He's like, hey, I find myself dragging my feet this morning. Right? He could have, he could have tried to take the bounty out on both of them, but he did. Same thing with Jasmine, Kerry Washington. Yeah. She was willing to give him a little bit and of she help. said, this is as um, far as we go. She did tell her. Yeah. But, you know, look. You need friends like that in your life. Um, so they both realized, like, hey, maybe if we get him the tank, this will solve the problem. Now this is a good thought. I like that to like I hadn't thought about mm-hmm. that until that point. The first time I watched this and I was like, "You know what? I'm on board with this." What, what did you think about them saying, "Hey, let's go get this guy that started this whole thing and maybe if we get him that solves the entire I don't want to say I'm smart, but like I, I kind of thought that's where they were going to go with it. I didn't see the last part of that twist happening with the tank, but like um I was kind of thinking, "Oh yeah, they'll just probably take out the tank and then they'll probably be good to go and that's how the movie will end." And uh so I kind of thought this was the next logical step. So, like I said, this is where Jasmine gives him some help as far as where the tank is being held. Now, this just hit me. Uh, yeah, she helped him. She helped him for a reason. Because, once again, she was Jasmine was trying to make sure that they got hold of old Benjamin Dan's there, the tank. Um, and that, that literally just hit me right now. Like, yeah, she helped him, but she wasn't doing it out of the kindness of her heart. You don't think so? No. Look, so here, here's a thought. Jane Smith is public enemy number mm-hmm. one, right? Who do you think moves up to take her spot as the number one person? Well, probably her, right? But my thought is that because they were actually friends. So I do, I do think just like how Eddie is helping that she would actually help not just to, for her own good. So, maybe she wasn't helping for her own good, but I can also imagine that, like, so here's the thing. They went to go meet Eddie in a diner, like, face-to-face, right? To try and make sure, like, nothing was being bugged, like, like, nothing could be tracked, whatever the case is. With the technology we saw of Jane's uh, company, 
her organization, right? And we see that they have access to all this stuff. So Jasmine is able to look up where in the courthouse is being held and all this other information. That looks like that's on like work. That looks like she was doing it from her work computer. Is, is they like I, I don't think she has a laptop she can take from home and patch in remotely for stuff like that. Especially in 2005. So to me, it might have been, a, to me, like I said, I don't think it was a situation if she was necessarily doing it for her benefit, but it could have been a situation of Jane contacted her and then her organization came up with like, okay, here's the plan. Like, we need her, like, you know, we still need her to, eventually, like, you know, we still need to capture her, so, you know, give her the information she needs and we'll, we'll go from there. Um. So they, they they come up with a plan to try and uh to try and go capture the tank. Um, Jane ends up as the guy in the truck, guy behind the screen, and uh, old John ends up in the in the sewers there trying to break into the courthouse. But uh, they got some bad info, or or the the, the blueprints weren't necessarily correct, and then he had to improvise. But him improvising went against Jane's plan. Even though they still managed to catch the tank. And then they had a conversation about this afterwards. He's like, hey, sometimes you gotta improvise in this job. But she's also, so where do you, where do you sit in this as far as they're both perspectives of he's saying he had to improvise to do what he had to do. Her saying, hey, we had a plan. If we would have stuck to the plan, things would have went better. Um, huh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I am a planner. But I can improvise, so I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I feel like I empathize more with Jane Smith throughout this whole movie than I do with with John Smith. So I I probably I'd probably side with her on 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 that on that part there. I agree, but I can also see his his point of view where he talks about how like there's no room for error around you, like everything has to be done a certain way, and it and, and like every marriage is different, and you know sometimes opposites attract, or two people of different kinds can work together. But to me, it did seem like she had an error an error around her of wanting things, even throughout the house, of wanting things mm-hmm. done a certain way, right? I got the impression that, like, let's say he was vacuuming or dusting or cleaning something, there would have been a right and a wrong way to do that, according to Jane. I can see that. Um, and I can see how that might wear. And then once you find out, obviously, they neither of them have been very truthful with each other for the last five or six years, right? That starts to add and it builds everything. And it's like, how can I, how can, how can, how can, how can he be spontaneous in anything? How can he, how can they decide to go do something fun if everything seems to always have to be regimented out? Like maybe, maybe something he was looking for, like, hey, no, dinner tonight is going to be at 6.30 instead of 7. 
Like, we go back to that. At, like, dinner is at 7 o'clock. It always is, right? Maybe he wants to eat a little later. Maybe he wants to eat earlier. Maybe he wants to, I mean, I don't know with DoorDash now, but, like, maybe he wants to, you know, have dinner in front of the TV or something, right? But that doesn't seem like, in that relationship, that doesn't seem like something like that would fly. Yeah, I can see that. And I, and I can see how that could be a little grating at times. Um, so they, they get to a hotel and there's some great interactions between the three of them. Uh, the tank is tied up, right? Um, and, uh, you know, Brad, uh, John is trying to threaten him, but not doing it in necessarily a menacing way, but it's still pretty funny. Um, you know, there's option one, there's option two, I kill you. There's option three, but like you know, I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to give you all the yeah. details. It just you know, it ends up bad. And then there's Jane, where she at some point she just gets tired and she just takes the phone out the wall. There would have been so much head trauma. <laughs> yes, movie. yes, there would have. Like all three of the like three of these people for sure would have been in a coma if not already dead. Um, hearing loss, concussions, right? There would be like. CTE. Hearing loss from like the rockets and the guns and stuff. Just horrible, horrible names. Have you ever, have you ever seen the other guys? No. With Mark Wahlberg and Wickfield. So probably the most realistic explosion scene I've ever seen. Uh, Will Ferrell plays like an accountant for the police force, right? And Mark Wahlberg is a cop. They both work for the police force. But blah blah blah. So at some point, something happens, and they're paired up somehow. And there's an explosion, right? And they're trying to like run away from the explosion like they do in all the action movies. And they jump right as the explosion hits. But it doesn't turn out the same way. Like you can look it up on YouTube. It's a funny scene because he's like, oh, my God, I thought we would make it through that. Oh, my God, I could barely hear anything. I think I have soft <laughs> tissue damage. What were we thinking? And it's it's one of those because not only is the not only is there like the actual explosion and the heat. But there's also like a, a force field, a wave, a blast wave that comes out. And that causes a lot of damage, too. But I don't know. If you get a chance to look that up, it's pretty fun. So they're talking with the tank. And uh, he, he, he comes to confess because he, he doesn't want Brett, one of One of John's things is he's going to lose his thumbs, right? And I kind of did the same thing when he's like, I'm going to rip your thumbs off with my pliers. Kind of did the same thing he did where I kind of tucked my thumbs inside like, yeah, it doesn't kind of, not necessarily squeamish, but like, eh, doesn't sound too good. Not a fan of that. Um, so he's got a picture in his back pocket of the two of them. Seems the two competing agencies found out that they were married to each other, right? And he, he, he confesses. He wasn't the target in Mexico. They were the target. They were trying to, the two agencies were hoping they would take each other out. And then, it, uh, you know, he says, you were used as bait. And as Jane's walking away, she says, was or is? Come to find out, in his belt, they're tracking. He's got a GPS device mm -hmm. on his belt. Mm -hmm. So now they're being tracked again. So they manage to, they manage to leave the hotel room, right? Um, they end up in a grate, like a sewer grate, where they're hiding from all these people. Um, Jane wants to run. John's like, hey, we can't really run. 
if we run, we're going to be running for the rest of our lives. Who knows how long it's going to be? Like, we're going to have to fight this out. And it's, this is going to end one way or the other, Jermaine. Um, kind of agree with him. Like, yeah, it can't be running. Like, cause I mean, they're assassins. They, they, they've used assumed identities before and, and, you know, they, they but I'm sure their network of contacts are going to dry up, you know. I'm pretty sure, just like the TV show, they'd be a burn yeah. I just put out on. So, you know, they really couldn't, like, who's really going to work with them? Who's going to do anything with them at that point, you know? So they end up at, like, a home. I forget the name of the stores. But they end up at next to some, like, Mega Mart and some home, I don't know, some massive mall-type store. You know what I thought of when I saw this? What? I Because it's in the middle of the night, right? I thought of, it's going to be some dude at like 3.30 or 4 in the morning who goes to open up the store, like the manager who goes to open up the store to let his workers in. He's going to come into his store demolished, <laughs> and there's going to be a bunch of dead bodies yeah. around his store. Like, what the hell, man? Like... Like, 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 what is going on here? How do you explain that to anybody? Yeah, that's well. You would hope that somebody cleaned it up before then, but I, I guess we don't know. The amount of damage they did to that store. There's no clean. I meant like it, clean out, out the bodies at least. I don't know. Okay, okay. Let's say hypothetically, a government agency went in there, and managed to get the fifty mm-hmm. dead bodies. That end up in this place. What about the damage that's caused in the store? Well, yeah, I mean that that I don't I don't know. I feel like somebody's got to take care of that for them through the insurance or, or something. I don't know, man. If I'm an insurance company, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's really covered under my under your policy, dude. But I feel like if the government doesn't want any problems, or the agencies don't want any problems, somebody would have to. But these are off the books. Nobody even knows. I know, these but I'm saying, exist. like, look, like, if they can set up a clean, like a, if they can set up stuff like they've done in the past for them, I think they could come in and be like, look, our fake IRS branch will come in and, or our fake, uh, uh agencies that we have will go ahead and and take care of the damage. So that way, we don't have these people figuring out that these at, people are spies and and stuff cuz somebody's going to figure it out Th- think of think of how much money in sales are going to be lost over the weeks or so that this stuff yeah, is well, shut yeah yeah that's that part they're on the hook for you know uh people who are going to be without a job for weeks while this whole stuff is shut down um they're going to need crime scene cleanup cuz there's blood all over mm-hmm. the place uh I wonder if there's video footage of of all this, of all these shenanigans inside the uh, inside the store. But uh, so they get in there and they decide to have like one last hurrah. Like basically, they know they're being tracked and followed. They go in these mega marts, and just a massacre ensues. Um, there's a there's kind of a a nod, a nod to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid when they're in the shack. The little shed there, and they come out. Um, but instead of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, where they kind of get mauled down, they manage to take out like 50 people by themselves with a stylized circular 
gunfight. There's rockets involved and grenades and shotguns being fired off of people's backs and things. Um, and then the movie pretty much ends. It goes back to uh, the therapy session again. So apparently their marriage is better, right? Um, so that's, that's, that's one thing I really didn't enjoy was I thought the ending was just kind of flat. Like, I, I like the therapy session ending of it, but there's no, there was no resolution as far as what happened with their competing agencies. Um, I read there was one of the copies of the script, which Carrie Fisher worked on because it went around, it, there was revisions galore to the script. This was one of the scripts she, she helped do, did some doctoring on. One of the, uh, one of the, Revisions that was taken out was at some point there was going to be kind of a, uh, there was going to be a finale between, uh, Jane's boss, uh, father there, Keith David, and someone who was going to play John's boss, a woman. And there was going to be like a finale gunfight or something between those two groups. Um, and maybe the possibility of finding out that that agency split, the agency split because those two had been involved with each other at some point. And that's how, uh, that's how the two agencies came to be because they, they were, they were working together, did whatever, but then they split up and then that's how two agencies came to be. But then that got shelled for the ending we had. So what did you think of the ending? Where just kind of gunfight ends, that's it. And then they're in therapy and they're happy. Yeah, a little abrupt. I'm not sure how this actually solves anything. Maybe right, like they, what they took out, was, but there's there nobody else that would come after them eventually. Like, uh, I guess that's the the main question I have. Um, or maybe they wasted so many of their like, never mind. Let them. Like, okay, yeah, we, got it. we don't have any problem with them. I don't yeah. know. That was the, uh, I'd say the most confusing part about the, about the ending is it did kind of end abruptly. I think there is stuff they've could have cut out if they wanted to add a little longer of a um ending because it was right at like two yeah, hours yeah so. i did like that it came back around of course to the uh to the therapy but i i do think um there could have been a more succinct ending somewhere in here All right, so uh, some other quick facts. Jane is going to her first show and kill. She correctly answers the question on Jeopardy, mm-hmm. right? Um, which was Martha Stewart. This was unscripted and spur of the moment on the part of Angelina Jolie, who actually knew the answer to the question on Jeopardy. Interesting. Um, Brad Pitt left in the middle of shooting for three months to shoot Ocean's mm-hmm. 12. Right. Who else were they filming with during that time then? For three months? It, usually that doesn't take that long to film a movie for certain things. So just got kind of th- did they just film all of the Angelina Jolie and like her scenes that didn't have him in it during that time? Because that's crazy. Three months. All right. So let's go to some alternate casting. Uh, consider for the role of Mr. Smith, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Nicole Kidman had actually signed on and dropped huh. out. 
Johnny Depp was originally cast, turned it down after being overworked on other movies he was shooting. So I'm guessing there might have been some pirates in there. At, yeah, at, definitely at some point. during that time. They he, they had filmed uh, two and three back to back in the early 2000s. So I wonder if he was kind of uh, exhausted. Yeah, he might have been exhausted from those. Uh, Johnny Depp, Will Smith was considered for Mr. Smith when they weren't clear if Brad Pitt was going to sign on. They got Brad Pitt, but then he left after Nicole Kidman dropped out and they didn't find a replacement. Once they signed Angelina Jolie, that's when he came back to the project. I um, already talked about it. In order to get a wider PG-13 audience, a very steamy sex scene between Pitt and Jolie was cut. Um, it was inspired by a short-lived television series, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, from 1996, uh, starring Scott Bakula and Maria Bella. All right, so let's go to some ratings. Um, IMDb, it's got a 6.5 out of 10. Uh, Metacritic for 41 reviews for critics, it got a 55. And it's a 4.9 user on 43 reviews. Rotten Tomatoes, it's at 60% with 212 critic reviews. And it's at 58% for 250,000 uh, individual reviews. So, I think like I said at the beginning, this probably wouldn't have been such a big movie had there not been the controversy uh, about the two stars that came out afterwards. That probably got a lot more people to go see it. Um, so for me... I'd, I'd, I'd give it a three and a half. I think there were some good things in it. I thought thought some of the action scenes were good. Um, as I'm watching this now, the ending was mm-hmm. just way too abrupt. Like you said, it was just, I never really picked up on that before. But it was just like, okay, we killed a bunch of dudes. Let's go talk to a therapist. And then that was it. But there was no resolution as far as what happened with either or both agencies. Like, are they still alive? Are they still assassins do they just go back to work did they start their own agency did the agencies merge right um there was talk for a while about a sequel like an actual sequel starring the two of them but uh it was either kinberg or uh lyman Lyman, said uh he didn't want to do it or they, they couldn't do it because part of this he's a part of the thing with this movie was them falling yeah. in love all over yeah right so that was that was one of the big things about the movies. They they fell in, like they learned that they really did love each other. And they fell for each other again. Once that's gone, what do you have? Um, granted, they're still in love, but unless they're working together, um, like on something. I mean, I think there's some things they could have done with a sequel. Like I said, maybe maybe the agencies merge. Maybe maybe they work together. Maybe they start their own agency. Maybe one of them gets kidnapped or something happens and the other has to go rescue the other one, right? Then it just kind of but becomes an action movie I, that has no hook is the thing. Yeah. But that was that was going to be my thing. Then it just becomes your typical action movie at, at this point. Like, there's no... Like, the premise of this initially is great. Two people are assassins who don't know each other are assassins have been living together for five or six years. The only years, thing I can right? think of is that if they did have... Like, if they wanted to do one now, which they can't because these two are not going to act together anymore... 
But oh, if you had it like their teenage kids find out about this, and it's almost an adult spy kids type of thing where like, um, where, because then you have the again where like, okay, somebody doesn't know. And that is the key hook, I think. But I don't know. But see, that that goes right along with, and I know you said you've never seen yeah, it. True call Lies. it The Smiths. <laughs> and it's like all the kids. So, the, so Jack and Jill. Like, people have wanted a sequel. People have wanted a sequel for True Lies for years. Because, so it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, and they have Elijah Dushku mm-hmm. as their daughter, right? Um, and Tom Arnold is Arnold Schwarzenegger's partner. So, uh, Schwarzenegger's a spy, right? Um, Harry Tasker. His wife doesn't know that she has what, like, she does whatever he does. But, um, she's starting to get bored in a marriage. Um, so she ends up getting catfished by a dude who says he is a spy, who's actually a used car salesman, right? With, I think it's like Bill Pullman. Um, so Schwarzenegger sets up this whole thing to kind of give his wife some sort of excitement. And then she actually gets captured by terrorists. And then he gets injected with, at some point with uh, sodium pentothal, true serum. And he tells her the truth that he's a spy, right? But then chaos ensues, all this other stuff. Um, he rescues his wife, but they kidnap his daughter, Liza Dushku, and they have a nuclear weapon off the coast of the Florida Keys. And... They go save his daughter. Um, they kill the terrorists. All this is great. But now the whole family knows. And then in the end, it turns out where uh, it's kind of shown that she was, like Jamie Lee Curtis at least, is kind of joining in the quote-unquote family uh-huh. business. Right? Um, and obviously his daughter now knows as well. So maybe there was a chance of his daughter knowing. And especially... As Elijah, Eliza Dushku got older and she started doing some action stuff with Buffy and uh, a couple of the other Joss Whedon things that she's done, where she's done a lot of action things, they're like, oh man, now you have this whole family of spies that you could, but they never, it's James Cameron, so maybe he'll revisit in like 10 more years, I don't know, but they just never got around to it. Um, but now you're treading in, into the water that people wanted for that. Of, and not saying it would be bad, but yeah, you you yeah, have this yeah. whole family that you could. Um, so what say you, Jordan? What, what What's your thoughts? I, I have an idea okay. of where you're going to put it. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, um, I had this as a three out of five. I probably could have been a little harsher with a 2.5. I, th- I have to dock points for the ending. I dock a little bit of points for the confusion of why these two agencies would work together on this if they don't even like that they're married. Um. So, so there's little things like that, uh, that got me. So I think most of that's probably on the script. If you read, if you look at Simon Kenberg's, um, filmography, it's very hit or miss. Like he wrote one of the best X-Men movies in days of futures past. And he writes one of the worst X-Men movies with apocalypse and stuff and dark. Dark dark So you're like, I don't know what I'm getting from him this week. And there were some things I liked. I liked the opening, right? I liked the general plot idea. But from what I remember of seeing trailers, I thought this was going to be better than it was. Well, there was a bunch of stuff that was in the, that they made for the trailer, but they that wasn't. Oh, really? Movie. Like I think they actually showed Keith David in the trailer a couple times. 
there, there, like that was something I read on uh, on IMDb too. Was there was a bunch of stuff that was done specifically for the trailer that had no part in the movie was not around, but to kind of give it maybe a different feel. So I don't. Yeah, know. so that's where I that's where I end up with it. If I'm buying it in a bin, bargain bin, yeah, probably five dollars. I don't know if I would though, just because I don't know if I see myself really ever revisiting this. I'm very curious for the TV show because I want to see what it can do with a little bit of a different twist of it, and I definitely want to check that out. Yeah, so for anybody listening who hasn't seen, uh, Amazon Prime has a Mr. Smith, Mr. and Mrs. Smith TV show um, starring Donald Glover. Donald Glover and Maya... I, I can't pronounce that. Er, Erskine? Er, I, I believe er, it's Erskine, Erskine, yeah. If Erskine? I don't know. Um, the reviews for it are pretty good. Um, the, uh, the premise on that is that they are two spies or two assassins that work for competing agencies that are forced to get together to act like a married couple. For missions, or and then something, probably right? fall in love. So, so that, that is the. Some people are saying the chemistry yeah. there is is pretty good too. Uh, that that's that's something I've seen. Um, there's talk about a season two already. Um, so I'll, this may be something I may check out in the next couple. I'll probably weeks wait for it all be done, just to kind of figure it out. I don't know if it's I don't know if it dropped all at once or if it's. Uh, yeah, week week I, now, I don't so. know either. I would probably wait for it to all drop for me if I'm going to. Uh, they all dropped. They all dropped on February 2nd, actually. So you can read. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm on IMDb site right now. I can just look it up. Yeah, they're all. Eight episodes. Yeah, they, they all dropped at once. So that might be something to, to, to watch. So just looking at the audience ratings for these, for each episode, right? 7.5 out of 10, 7. 7.3, 7.5, 7.6, 7.6, 7.5, 7.1, 7.8. Um, I think IGN gave the whole season like a 9. Um, obviously, ratings are subjective. Um, everyone has their, whoever rates whatever media they choose, whether it's games or movies or TV shows, everyone has their own websites they go to or, or people that they kind of, they know what they're getting when they hear a yeah. rating from that person or that website, right? And you kind of know whether that person or that website's off. They have the same taste and sensibilities as you do. So, you know, check it out. I, I think I might check it out, though. All right. I figured you would have given it a two, maybe a two and a half at the most. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was probably close to that. I, th- I think I gave a little bit of... Uh a little bit of leeway on stuff. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like I liked it more when we were talking about it here. So, you know, I think that's why I really solidified the three instead of a two and a half, you know, just kind of talking. I'll still say for me, the, the dinner scene is still one of my favorite scenes in movie history. I don't know. Right. There's some scenes that really sell it really sell the concept and you're like, Oh, this is, this is great. And then there's some scenes where you're like, Oh, I can, you know, whatever. Look the ending shootout where they're just like ducking rockets and moving around in a mm-hmm. circle. And, 
Angelina Jolie's bending over because she's got a shotgun on her back so Brad Pitt can fire it at some dude. And, like, they're just literally facing each other. Then they go back to back to shoot people in a circle. I'm like, okay, this yeah, is a yeah. All right. So are we ready to talk about what we are doing next week? Let's right, do it. So next time. Or next time. Two weeks from now. Where are we going? We are... Casey, I know you're a fan of this franchise. I see you wear the shirt every uh, a, a lot of times the the video game shirt of this franchise. That video game was kind of I know underrated. I really it liked it. Uh, it was supposed to be the third one, you know, if if everything had worked out. If people don't know what we're talking about at this point, we are talking about Ghostbusters. So Casey's never seen Ghostbusters Afterlife, the newest one that came out. Glasses. Two millimeters of plastic eye protection. Are you sure this is safe? Safe? <laughs> no. No. History is safe. Geometry, that's safe. Science is all particle accelerators and hydrogen bombs. Science is giving yourself the plague and gambling on the cure. Science is reckless. Totally, yes. It's punk rock. It's a safety pin through the nipple of academia. Ouch. Fire it up. By the time this episode releases, we're going to be in the month of Frozen Empire coming out. And uh, I think that's, you know, that's where we're going to go with it. We're going to watch um, Afterlife. Currently not really streaming anywhere. I think it's on, I think it's on the stars thing as well, which look, let's be real. Nobody has it. Um, so if you are going to, to watch it, it's going to be a rent or purchase. I can't believe this is not on a huge streaming service right before a sequel comes out. This is the the biggest, I don't understand situation. That's the thing. They, they have another one coming out, like what, in a couple March. of weeks, a month? Yeah. Like, what is going on here? A month. It's crazy. Uh, but it is a, what year is that? 2021, 2022, that that uh, Afterlife came out. Um, so I'm really looking yeah. forward to getting your opinion on that. Um. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm looking forward to it too. Uh, the trailers for it. I saw when it came out. The trailers had uh, trailers had, had a me very intrigued, Spiel, right? it was, Spielberg feel. The trailers. It it didn't hurt that uh, I I don't know the the actor's name, um, but you had the kid or the yes, guy from yeah. Stranger Things. Which had the eighty. They already had the eighties vibe going with that, and you know he. One of their seasons was like a Halloween themed or something. He dressed yeah, as a Ghostbuster yeah. anyway, right? So, yeah, the whole it, it, it kind of the vibes the vibes were flowing with that, and it was just like it was almost like it was meant to be. Um, but the first two are great. I mean, I I remember being a kid seeing mm-hmm. the first two, and i loved the real ghostbusters uh cartoon you know what's getting me really excited about frozen empire is uh camille nanjiani who is uh in the movie as well said that they i think it was him or pat and oswald one of them i think it was camille uh that said that they were really aiming for the real ghostbusters type of feel for frozen empire uh so like that makes me really excited for for the movie 
Look, I, I saw the I, I texted you the other day uh, after the second was it the second yeah, trailer yeah. came out? Is that the second one? After the second trailer came out, I'm um, asking if you've seen it. I don't know why I asked because I'm pretty yeah. sure like I was like I was like 99.99 percent positive you had seen it. I don't know how that would have came out. <laughs> I went to the theaters, it, yeah. Right? But uh, so like I saw it was trending, and then I was on one of my breaks, and I pulled my phone out and I watched it, and I was like. Wow, I really might want to watch this movie. Like, I might go back into the movie theater to watch this one. Then I started thinking, like, oh man, I probably got to watch the other one first. And I mean, there's, you know, Murray's back in the newer one. Um, Ackroyd's back. Uh, Slimer's back. The the skeleton face ghost or the, yes, the old baby the library, or whatever right? is, or at least it looks like her's back. I think the government dude from the first or second one, the EPA, the man guy, that has one no of those dick. Guys, yes, he is in it. Yeah, <laughs> he's back and he's still he the exactly same dude. The same, yeah, and it's and it's forty years later, but he's still the same dude because he's working in a government position still, and he's like, and and I hate to say it, but the dude was kind of right, man. Like, they're, they're, like, they're, like. There's definitely some stuff that the government would need to regulate with some Ghostbusters yeah, with proton yeah. packs and, and and various other things going on. Like, can't be carrying around like nuclear devices like that just driving on the street with no protocols and things, shooting lasers and crossing streams and stuff. Yeah, but we're uh, I'm I'm really excited for. It. I think the trailers look great. I think it's going to be better than Afterlife, which I enjoyed anyway. So I am. Uh... Hey, what do we? Do, what if we do this too? Um, maybe not for this podcast, but we're our, our podcast network logjam is trying to branch out into more stuff that doesn't have to fall under some of our umbrellas. What if if you go see Frozen Empire, we talk about it, and then I put it up on the main logjam channel, which I'm trying to get launched. Hey, yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm going to go see it. So. I'm just, I, I never, I never realized this until I heard it the other day from the great words of Paul Rudd. Busted makes me feel good. <laughs> uh, I just love Paul Rudd. I'm so glad he's in this franchise as well. So, How does the dude look almost younger than when he was in Clueless, for Christ's sake? I know. Have you seen Wet Hot American Summer and all those spinoffs? Oh, no, man, he's so yet. good in that, too. I'll have to add that to the list. Okay. Uh, so we'll wrap up here. So next time, which is in two weeks, we're going to be dropping Ghostbusters Afterlife. I think during that time, we're both going to be revisiting the first two Ghostbusters as well. I'm starting oh, today, nice. as a matter of fact. With at least one of them, maybe both, because it's only 1230 here in California. So Yeah, yeah. Um, that's awesome. I'll have to definitely... Definitely going to go watch um, these throughout the throughout the next two weeks here so that way i am prepared for our discussion and prepared for frozen empire uh you can send so go ahead and i just i'm sorry i just got a i just got the new one on disc yesterday so i got the hd the, the und or whatever it is so, yeah i yeah, forget UHD, if i have so, the 4k or if i yep. have the, the 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 normal blu-ray but i'll check well that wraps us up. Send in your feedback to all the social medias that are in the show notes and in the YouTube description below if you're watching on YouTube. I know we have like 30-some subscribers on YouTube now, so we appreciate that. 
uh, give us your thoughts on Thank any you, of those movies. You know, just comment below. Um, you can suggest movies too. Now, if we've already seen them, then we just won't do those. We'll tell you. But like, if it's one that you think we haven't seen, go ahead, type it in. We'll we'll figure it out. Um, yeah. Have a great rest of your week. We'll catch you next time talking Ghostbusters Afterlife.